This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow, and you're not. Today, I kind of want to rant about, I call them job aids because I couldn't think of a better term off the top of my head, but really, I'm thinking more in terms of database, you know, car issue databases, database diagnostics, and then even, you know, what people are calling artificial intelligence like chat GPT and what I feel are some long-term repercussions we should be considering. And many of us should have been considering a while ago. But before I get going too far, I'd like to take a second to thank our sponsor, Napa Auto Tech Training. Are you tired of searching for trained technicians? If so, let Napa Auto Tech help you build a technician with their Build-A-Tech program, kind of like Build-A-Bear. These three-day courses cover one of four individual topics, brakes, electrical, steering and suspension, or HVAC through a combination of classroom lecture, hands-on, and utilizing training mock-ups. Visit NapaAutotech.com. Okay, so I guess I kind of have issues with stuff that takes critical thinking out of our hands, takes reasoning and effort and deductive reasoning and inductive reasoning inference, if you will, that over time, I'm convinced that while there's a short-term gain of getting that car figured out and out the door and doing our customers a favor, and I definitely see if you're on flat rate, time is everything, especially when it comes to situations requiring reasoning. Flat rate to me has some issues, at least pure flat rate has some flaws to it. You know, there's studies showing how people, when there's a reward for figuring things out faster, really start to struggle. I know there's a lot of you guys out there who are on flat rate. You've been on flat rate a long time. You do diagnostics and you're just killing it. I don't know if that's the case for everyone. You know, it gets to be a very individual shop type of a conversation. And that's just something that can't be really done well in this venue. While I sympathize with that, I feel like over the long term, skills start to atrophy. If you're in a situation where, you know, whether it's pressured by management or self-inflicted, if the problems are coming in and you punch in a VIN, you punch in a symptom or a DTC or DTCs into a database and it spits out a few answers or common causes and maybe ranked by uh, how common they are or frequency, you know, yeah, there's some merit in now taking that information and going and testing, but there is a big loss with, could I have got there on my own? This vehicle misfires on a very light load. I'm not going to go into details about which vehicle or anything. Just, you know, kind of go with me on this. And You know, if you didn't have access to this database, could you have gotten two restricted EGR ports with one clear one? Could you have got there on your own? How long would it have taken? And if you would have taken the time needed to work your way to that, the next time you see something like it, I'm not saying you would just right away yank the plenum off and start cleaning, 
but maybe now part of that your diagnostic process is to disable the EGR valve. This is just one scenario. You know, there's how many we could come up with. There's a skill set. There's a process that we need that we use to be able to find certain issues. And I also don't want to gloss over. There are issues out there that would be very difficult to find on your own without some sort of help. And they're just way out there. And of course, then the question is, how long do you wait before you now cave and go to that database and see, is there some sort of out there issue that you've missed or overlooked? Again, I hate being a broken record. I really do. If you've listened to me on this podcast and others, I know I've brought this scenario up before this situation, but it just seems to be perfect example of Chrysler's would set check engine lights, TPS codes, throttle position sensor codes, and you would plug your scan tool in. Of course, you got the DTC and you would look at data and it would be at five volts in the data stream. You'd grab your meter or scope, you'd go to the signal wire at the throttle position sensor and it would be, you know, 0.8 volts or 800 millivolts. Check power feeding grounds at the PCM. You fired a PCM at it and same problem. What could it be? This is the real voltage is 800 millivolts. PCM thinks it's five volts. What could it be? What else could it be? It's got to be a bad PCM. This is a, a logic issue. Well, it turns out if you did a lot of digging or you hit the right class, in my case, it was John Thornton class, he did the digging. And he found out that for those vehicles that had this issue, inside of the PCM at the IC chip, at the chip level, one of the legs that was for TPS also shared an input voltage from the really the cruise control switch. And what would happen is the clock springs would short internally instead of sending, you know, zero to five volts from the cruise control switches. It would send 12 volts in and just cause the PCM to go crazy. Because of the, the shared leg, the PCM saw 5 volts from the TPS and set the code. That would be a rough fix on your own. I mean, that would be rough. So I get it. There the database comes in and, you know, it's one of them out there weird ones that you'll just kind of remember. But now what if we're using it all the time? Like it's part of our process and it's step three, get the customer's information, verify the complaint, maybe step four, put, plug a scan tool in and get some DTCs. And next thing you know, you're copy, paste in the VIN, any codes, any symptoms, and then you get the, you know, statistical probability, you know, what's the most probable, what's been recorded as a cause for this. And you go to that. And you know what, over time, when these things are accurate, you probably even skip the testing. Like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. High speed, high load misfire. Injectors are really common. Let's just do injectors. Depending on the situation at the shop with compensation packages, there's logic to it. But I don't know if from the shop's point of view and really from us as diagnosticians, our point of view, if that's such a good long-term plan. Because eventually you get to this point where you're so reliant on it that you haven't had to really determine anything on your own for 
a good amount of time or sporadically. And now you got the car in, you know, whatever it is, you go to the database, it's part of your process, and it comes up empty. It's a newer car, newer technology. The database hasn't, you know, had enough input, if you will, to start really outputting anything of value. So you can't find any technical service bulletins. There's no hits, if you will, with this database. And now you have to really figure it out on your own. And you haven't had to do it for a long time. The you know scope that you may have used regularly hasn't seen the light of day. Or the way you used to look at data and you could kind of have a feel for it, you've lost it. I think this is a very real thing. And also with the training, if you get spoiled with the database, it's like, I don't you know, do we really need training? And maybe that's not even from the tech's point of view. It could be the shop's point of view. Why should I spend thousands of dollars to educate you and keep you constantly educated when I pay, you know, $100, $200 a month for this thing and it fixes 99% or 95% of what comes in the door. Yeah, I'm good. We'll, we'll ship the other 5%. That number has to evolve or really devolve. That number is going to devolve. It's going to be a higher and higher percentage of cars will not be able to be diagnosed because everybody's kind of lost that groove. And I don't know, I get, I just really feel like need to start second guessing that as being part of our diagnostic process. And if it is anywhere on a diagnostic process, it's at the bottom, you know, we're at our wits end. That is when we go to the database and it's kind of a, a shot to our pride a little bit. You're going to it now with humility, eating some humble pie. That would be more of the mindset. It's like, okay, I have to break down and look at this. And, oh, crap, why didn't I, I never even considered EGR. Okay, that makes sense. Light load misfire, EGR valve opens, the passages plug except for one or two. They get a bunch of EGR gas, causes a misfire. Dang it. I could have just unplugged that EGR and went for a drive. The misfire would have been gone. And that sticks with you. And, okay, I think there's benefit to that. You know, when there's this kind of a crutch, it just becomes a crutch. And I start thinking about it, you know, I've used this analogy before, but I I think of it a lot as like GPS. How many people, if the GPS goes down, they are lost. They have no idea where to go. I, I mean, I kid you not. I know teenagers, you know, early you know, haven't had their licenses very long. They don't know how to get to the grocery store. They don't know how to get to the barber shop or the wherever they get their hair haircut. I, I don't know if some of them could actually drive to work without their GPS. And I, I wish I was making that up. I wish I was exaggerating. If that GPS goes down, they're lost. That's how I look at databases. For 98 years, the Napa name has meant quality parts and service. It also reflects top quality training programs to help you build a more successful vehicle repair business. No doubt, the technician shortage is impacting everyone, but you're not facing this battle alone. Napa has the solution by making Napa AutoTech training available near you. Napa AutoTech provides automotive aftermarket technicians career development opportunities through structured, disciplined, measured, and high-quality technical instruction, no matter the technician or service advisor's skill level. This instruction enhances understanding of vehicle systems, increases first-time repair capability, and overall customer satisfaction. 
It also prepares technicians to become ASE certified. It's a fact. Technicians who receive training to improve their knowledge and skills have a higher sense of job satisfaction. This reduces technician turnover and increases productivity, directly improving a shop's profitability. It is vital to the success of a shop's business that today's technicians are equipped to diagnose and repair today's complex vehicles. With our ever-changing technology, the technician's knowledge and skills need to be updated and refreshed on a regular basis. As you labor over the decision of whether to send your techs to get their skills sharpened, keep in mind, Napa Auto Tech training is an investment, not an expense, and it's available to all. Much of Napa Auto Tech's training is offered in more than one format to accommodate varieties of learning styles and training preferences so each person can maximize their learning. Whether you're more of a hands-on person or enjoy learning at your own pace, Napa Auto Tech is here to provide you with the training you need and the format that works best for you. To learn more about what Napa Auto Tech offers, contact NapaAutoTech.com. Training, to me, is learning how to read and study maps. So now if you need to know where to go, you can look at a map, get a lay of the land, you know, drive in a certain way, and there's a detour and the signs are terrible. Relook at that map, find a different way, different path. To me, represents training. And then experience would be just getting in the car and bombing around, you know, learning the lay of the land yourself. And that familiarizes you with the area and it makes the map even more powerful because now you really know what the map's telling you. And that's just kind of the way I look at it. And I suppose, yeah, you could memorize how the GPS takes you to wherever you're going. And if the GPS would go down, you would know that route. But man, if you had to go much off off of that track, you could be in trouble. And I, I see that with diagnostics. I see that happen over and over and over. And I think from a management management perspective, you know, if we've got, depending on how the shop's situated, right? So in our shop, people kind of specialize in certain areas of repair. Not all shops do that. Many shops are just everybody, whatever the ticket is, that's what you grab. In either case, I think there is some merit to letting people and even urging them to work through it and struggle through it and change the passwords on the databases so they can't get in and let them fight through it. And you know what? For the for a while, it's going to suck. It's going to suck for everybody. Everybody's going to hate it. Shop's going to hate it. The bottom line's going to hate it. Profits are going to hate it. The techs are going to hate it. Customers might even hate it. But I think it's a good long-term investment because if we're thinking years down the road, decades down the road, it's going to pay off because you're going to have a tech or techs that are now equipped to work through problems that they can now deductively reason their way to the repair. And no, it won't be as fast as somebody that just went freaking Googled it. But honestly, if that's your strategy is to just use a database or Google it, then really what separates you from anyone else with that subscription? Anybody with that subscription can now do what you did. Well, yeehaw, just like everybody else. It just seems like a really weak angle, certainly from a strategic standpoint. I, I don't know. I don't see how that's reasonable. And to kind of roll this into chat GPT, I've not ever even tried to use it for car problems. A couple of my friends have said they're one was fairly impressed. Another one was like, nope, it's horrible. 
Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with ChatGPT, but there's some stuff showing that it might actually be getting quote unquote dumber. I, I say that very lightly only because I don't mean that like sarcastically, but more so that ChatGPT isn't really actual artificial intelligence. It's something called a large language model. And Sean Tipping of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast is going to be, he's putting together a class and I don't know how deep he's going to get into how it all works. And I don't know how important it is because I don't think it necessarily helps us in any way knowing how it works. But just quickly, it's basically a really high powered predictive text. It's using almost like word maps, if you will, or but maybe better yet is like coordinates. So you know how like wherever we are, I guess going back to GPS, wherever we are, we have longitude and latitude of where we're at specifically. And that's kind of what ChatGPT does or large language models to be more generic. It's kind of what they do with words. They use the most probabilistic word next to accomplish whatever you're asking of it. You know, write me a poem, write me an ad, write me something to put on my website, write me a book report, etc. And for the most part, it's impressive. It's really impressive. But I've been seeing a lot of stuff in various places. You know, we don't have to even focus just on automotive, you know, our world. We don't have to focus on our world at all. It's everywhere suggesting we use chat GPT to help us write, you know, SOPs or to write, you know, just even for our jobs in our uh, shop management systems, descriptions to what we're doing, stuff for our websites or web pages, you know, okay, I get why that's attractive. It's easy. Write me a two paragraph explanation as to why we're going to replace pads and rotors on this vehicle that are metal to metal and explain it as if we're a 10 year old and it'll do it and it'll do it in like a minute and it'll be pretty good. You might make some tweaks, but boom, copy paste into the repair order or invoice, whatever you want to call it done again over the long term. Where does that take us? I get it. It's easy. It's fast, but now you can't even write stuff. I like to joke around a lot about we're heading towards idiocracy, especially after I walk out of Walmart. I don't think this is a joke anymore. Idiocracy, if you don't know, is a movie written and directed by Mike Judge. And he is the guy behind Beavis and Butthead. And this movie was really supposed to be just a adolescent, really, movie, comedy, sarcastic comedy. I think, yeah, just almost college humor, dumb. Unfortunately for us, it's become prophetic. I've rattled off some must-see movies. I've rattled off movies I feel like everyone should have to see. This is one of those movies. Everybody should have to watch this and then maybe even watch it annually to remind themselves of where we're heading. I I honestly think if we're going to use more and more of these job aid type things, it is forcing the issue faster and faster. We have so much information, so easily accessible, so quickly accessible. You know, I do it. I'm on my phone looking stuff up, communicating and all that. 
working on my way to being a cyborg. Just need a, a better interface, faster interface, and we'll be there. I'll be there. But to be relying on these systems to help us diagnose a car, or at least, you know, I don't know, can we even call it diagnose? It's to help us make a, a call. This is what we think is wrong. This has got the highest probability. No, we didn't test it. That would be extra. And helping us write everything rather than just learning to write and keep modifying it. And that'd probably be better anyways, right? For a website to be updating it. So periodically just kind of flipping through the pages and oh, spelling error. I could word this better, edit it. You know, it updates the website, keeps it fresh, keeps it new. Google or whatever spiders like to see that. Probably work your way up higher in the rankings or maintain your high ranking position. None of these things are inherently evil. Our reliance on them, our abuse of them. Now, I'm not going to say it's evil, but it's not really setting us up for success, especially down the road. And I think that is something that we don't think enough about is down the road. These short-term gains for long-term losses, I don't know if that really enters our minds enough. I think to build what we need to build, whether it's just at a, a technician's career level, a shop's legacy issue, or the profession itself, we're probably better off taking some short-term hits to get those long-term wins. And yeah, I'm... Hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say here. And if you have a diagnostic process that has database inquiries high up in the step three or four, maybe consider bumping that way down, even after phone a friend. And I think you're going to notice over the years, and probably not even that long, over months, you're going to find that you're getting better and less reliant on it. And then one of those days, you're going to get a Subaru in, Misfires at high RPMs, you know, on the highway, 4,000, 4,500 RPMs, the check engine light starts flashing and you cannot feel a misfire and you can scope everything you want to scope and it looks great. Crank versus cam looks great. The cam and crank signals look great, at least as best you can tell. And you're not sure what's causing it and you're kind of pulling your hair out and nobody's really got a good idea what to tell you and you're even kind of considering a, a logic issue with the PCM breakdown look at the database it's a little bit of a shot to you know the ego and reluctor wheel you can pull the old reluctor wheel off and see nothing wrong with it it looks exactly like the new one maybe the old one had a little bit of play in it put the new one on and the phantom misfire if you will is gone and so it has its place. And sure, could have looked much, much earlier, had the car repaired sooner in that one instance. And this happens once or twice a year. Otherwise, we rely on our skill sets. And getting beat up a little bit here and there just makes us better, makes us stronger. So I'm hoping you enjoyed this. I kind of feel better now getting this all off my chest to be honest if you have any ideas or would like to be on the podcast please do not hesitate to reach out i am very easy to find you can also email me at mattfonslopodcast at gmail.com 
I would like to thank our sponsor once again, Napa Auto Check Training, and thank the Aftermarket Radio Network for uh, letting me do this. So until next time, take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.